This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Pru, sitting in the center chair this week, and joining me as always are my two co-hosts. On my left, we have Damon Darren. Darren, are you our number one dad? I am your number one dad. You know, considering I'm the only father of the three of us, I think I just, you know, it's not so much that I earned the position, <laughs> it's just more of a by default kind of thing. I mean, like, that your daughter wears the same clothes as you do, just in a smaller form? Does, does that happen? I mean, she does have her own Stormtrooper jammies that pretty much match my armor, so yes. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, and I'm also joined by pipsqueak-sized Philip. Uh, hey, Philip, uh, I, I, that's a nice RC car you've got there. Oh, thanks, Daniel. Um, it's 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 pretty awesome, man. I can't wait till I have all the Star Trek action figures I'd ever want. That'd be really okay. cool. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's enough. All right. That's <laughs> enough of pipsqueak. <laughs> I can't wait to grow up and be a podcast host. <laughs> so guys i had been listening you know as i do as we all do to some of our excellent podcasts not just earl gray here on trek fm but i was listening to women at warp and they had a fantastic episode that everybody should listen to uh (laughs) about ensign roe and everybody knows on this podcast that I love Ensign Row, and I'm thinking, I'm really surprised they didn't invite you onto that episode. You know, I t- <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I, I not had so, words. Well, then it wouldn't be women at warp. It would be that's the thing. That's women the thing. That warp is true. That is and true. And Daniel in an escape pod. <laughs> There's like a little you know asterisk next to it. It's a special qualifier. I mean, I told them I would have come on as uh, Danielle Prue, but um, <laughs> I think that defeats the purpose. So I think uh, that's that's your uh, next host of the Prue symbiote. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so they they did a row episode and they and it reminded me, man, we haven't talked about row in a while. So I want to talk about row again. Sorry guys, it's this is my week. We're going to do a row episode. <laughs> and and then I put I thought, did you, know, you say row episode? <laughs> <laughs> row episode. <laughs> no, but I will. Title. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so uh, but I also thought, you know, I will make it fair in an episode that we all like. And we've all talked about this episode quite a bit, you know, over over 100 episodes or so. Yay! Give, give or take. Huzzah. I'm pretty sure that's right around where we are. <laughs> uh, and I thought we could do a commentary on Rascals. We, we all have talked about our love for Rascals and Rose in it. So I, this is the best of both worlds. <laughs> um, well, actually, it's it's... It's specifically not the best of both worlds, but I, I see I see what you're saying. Well, I, I, I get why you're saying that, Daniel, because you get Roe, who you love, and you also get Alexander. So, I mean, really, what else? And um, Keiko. And Keiko, yeah. that's right. I get to talk about my love of 24th century RC cars. Oh, boy, do I. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that scene when we get to it. So, uh, our listeners, you guys should queue up uh, in Netflix or or uh, whatever else form of uh, the DVDs or whatever else you might have. Beautiful Blu-ray. The Blu-ray, which uh, which is beautiful, actually. Um, you really get to see that Ferengi makeup for all it's worth. All right, everyone. So, get your queue ready, and we are going to start in three, two, one, and go. Shuttles. Every ship you is know, a shuttle if you think about it. <laughs> I was going to say that. Can, okay, can we all admit that this is the most random away team of all time? <laughs> yeah, it's it's very random. And I'm already asleep. Thank you, Picard, for uh, being so descriptive. <laughs> Guys, so, no, but seriously, he's think, doing it mission. again. 
<laughs> what mission do we have that we need the captain, the bartender, uh, the botanist, uh, and then I guess the helmswoman at this point? Like, well, what I think Rome is Picard this? is obvious. I think Guinan is there because, look, it's a long flight. You're going to get thirsty. And a botanist um, because of reasons. <laughs> See? Oh, there enough. they are. Those are the reasons. <laughs> And then can can we spend because women at warp you know when they talk Roe, they want to talk like her inner character roll eyes let's talk about Roe's headband because that's the important thing I want to talk about with Roe what's that all about Daniel Well what I would really like to know is if Roe is a blue shirt would her headband also be blue That's, that's <laughs> these are I can see All I know is why is her her earring on her left ear Yeah I noticed I that I thought as they well. always had them on their right ear There are two Earrings. <laughs> I bet you it's because that time where she finally got Riker to like, you know, let her wear the earring. She just quickly put it on whatever earring she could, <laughs> and then just had to stick with it forever. Well, as I soon as love, everyone shake, I do love Guinan has to hold the hat. Like, did did like Whoopi Goldberg plan that, or was it, like discovered when she's doing the shake like everyone else, and the hat just kept falling off and all the takes. <laughs> it probably flopped in a highly comical manner, and they realized like we gotta we gotta tie this down. She's like, I'll just hold it. So this uh, this kind of reasoning, this 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 anomaly of the week, I guess is what you would call it in yeah. Voyager. <laughs> Not you not know, very uh, not very compelling, not very important to the episode. I would say that the, the effect they had of the lights inside the shuttle. I think I was in a limo that had that effect once in Vegas. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. Someone <laughs> opened the pool cover way too early. Wait, We're wait, wait, fall wait, wait. In, guys. Wait, so maybe really what they are? That is a they are all on a uh, a bachelorette party, and Picard is just their limo driver. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> a hen party. Oh, they're all we. They all came out we. Here they come. I think we have a problem, Chief. So he said, uh, O'Brien says in that episode, that or in that scene, that, that uh, there's 40% less mass. He may have lost one of them. Uh, now, I don't think any of those characters alone is equal to 40% of the mass of all of them. I was going to say, that's almost 50%, <laughs> yeah. which would mean you'd lose two of them. Well, so, I, I think, but, I mean, he's an NCO, so let's just, you know, let's just call it what it well, is. Well, I think the chief thought he had lost um, Guinan's hat. That probably was the concern <laughs> there. <laughs> that, would, that would make sense. <laughs> so, Guinan's hat and Rose headband were lost in the, transporta- <laughs> in the transport accident. <laughs> That's true. Forty percent would be her hat. Oh, so I mean, do we a, ever see Guinan without her hat? I mean, as far as we know, she's well, got something up in, there. In, in uh, generations, we see her without. I know, it. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But at this point, we hadn't. That's right. It's non-canon at this point. <laughs> I will also take this credits introduction sequence again to extol the virtues of the high definition version of these episodes, and how much better it is when you watch these babies. On the Blu-ray, like it's, it's oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It's so incredible. It's, it's so pretty. It's like like well, Rose anger just comes out at you, like in <laughs> yeah, like in the third dimension. Wait, no, that's totally different. <laughs> oh. Now this, it's interesting that you picked this, Daniel, because you know it, this is sort of like your atypical Rose. Because I, I mean, I don't think, and, and I know they talked about it, Women in Warp, that Rose is really not angry character, right? even though that's what probably people would say that when you describe her. Because even in Ensign Rose, in her introduction, it's a very she's very complex about you know what, what do I do right, do I do wrong, and so but this is an interesting episode that really just delves into her background or her childhood, at least. Of course, it's not that it's about her this episode, but at least that part of it. Oh, all the little girls. <laughs> we can, you know, so we can admit, I think, well, I'll, I will say this, and maybe you guys will agree or not, but, but the the structure of the episode, the, the plot, kind of, really, the, <laughs> the, the foundation of the episode is very flimsy and very silly, but it's, the episode is so charming and fun that it's enjoyable. But what I'm saying is, like, we're watching an episode about... This is baby Muppets. This is what this is. (laughs) Starfleet babies make your (laughs) dreams come true. Dreams come true. Uh, here we go. Is it like Nanny? Is it's like the Admiral? You just see like the bottom of the dress uniform. You never see. Oh, he's giving the orders. 
I just like how, how like Troy and Riker are just so uncomfortable that Baby Picard's giving them orders. They're like, oh, do we listen to the kid or? So uh, to get it out of the way, we because uh, I'm sure it's well known, or, or at least people have said it many other times. The actress who played young Guinan actually played young Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act. So apparently, she has a really good career playing young uh, Whoopi Goldberg. So. And the actor that played young Picard played uh, a young Picard in Family as well. That's so. <laughs> true. So, like, half this was cast already before they even started. Look, yeah. these casting folks have other things to do. Also, if I, if I, <laughs> I mean, what if it had been Worf, like, that was little? Baby Worf? Gee, I wonder who we would have cast for that. Oh, uh, let's scratching uh, my We're going to get to him anyways. Come on. <laughs> Also, if I can be superficial again, I hate Troy's hair in this, but I'm just throwing that out there. The Troy's entire like, uh, like her, how she looks in this episode feels like a season three episode or season two episode. It's really weird. Like she hasn't worn that specific outfit in a while, and her hair hasn't looked like that in a while. And it's like I feel like it's like kind of like a maybe she was oh. feeling nostalgic. Well, this is it? Not, see, now you're gonna make me look up. So we're so this is what, season six, episode seven. So when does she start wearing a uniform again? I thought she had already been wearing a uniform at this point. Not far after this, I don't think. Uh, well, that's right. Chain of command was the middle of the season, right? And also something that was important to note: um, this is like three, four, five episodes before Deep Space Nine starts, and I will tell you why that's important later. I have a very interesting theory about that. And I love the camera angle is is below this to angle. <laughs> see how tall Riker is over Jean Luc, little Jean Luc. He's just little Luke. Everyone's like, "Why is there a kid on the bridge? Is this a Wesley incident again?" <laughs> Well, okay, this is where the whole, like, you know, not having video cameras or other, like, you have to see it to explain it in Star Trek. You know, they couldn't have prepped the crew and been like, hey, guess what? Something happened. No, let's just totally spring it on it. Yeah, well, this is one issue I have with the episode. Like, Picard, if Picard is really Picard, he should know better than to just storm out of the bridge and start barking yeah. orders. Like, look, well, doesn't he have like a special door? Like, if a child enters it, like alarms go off, you know, on the bridge. It's like, hey, we don't serve that kind here. Your children, you're gonna have to leave them outside. No kids allowed. The wharf just looks upset. Well, it was interesting the, the 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 look that Frank slash Riker gave because it's like half amused, half deadly serious. Like, no, do what he yeah. says, but like, <laughs> he's a kid. I can picture Data being like, "Dear Commander Maddox, today you won't believe what happened." <laughs> Yeoman Smith, look, look at he's as big as this Helms woman. Like, she's super petite in the chair as well. Oh my gosh. And then, of course, he has to go into his ready room at this point. Surprised the computer's all, like, vocal command not recognized, you know, like, because isn't, couldn't he, like, not give any commands to the computer right now? Because his voice, passcode voice wouldn't work. not recognized. Yeah, exactly. Is he a little young to be having caffeinated beverages this late at night? <laughs> <laughs> There's an under eighteen limit on the uh, on the enterprise. Yeah, it's just weird to me that he just like thinks he can just go about business as normal. And... I was like his badge or his a uh, you know communicator just looks huge because <laughs> it's on a tiny uniform. <laughs> but I mean, like everyone, and I will say this, or at least I'll say this the whole episode. Like these kid actors are nailing all these parts. I'm, yeah. I would have oh, l- yeah. wanted to know how much they prepared to like. Did they just like have the adult actors do the scene for them first, or like? That's a good question. Kind of like uh, in Harry Potter, where like Hermione was being Bellatrix, and Bellatrix was being Hermione of uh, you know like that whole Inceptiony thing. But yeah, that would have been interesting if Patrick Stewart had done this once had the you know had him watch it or when they're blocking it out but uh but yeah you're right these kids are like really really i mean i would have watched a spinoff of rascals <laughs> i mean Starfleet, hey, baby. degrassi meets star trek <laughs> like i just want to jump out this window <laughs> it's like the, it's my best of both worlds window <laughs> this is when I look out things and the music starts. She is taller than everyone is taller than him right now. 
I like, 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 I don't know. It, it is all very okay. sudden. So. She's like, I don't know whether to give you a hug or relieve you of duty, sir. Because <laughs> Beverly knows all about parenting. <laughs> well, you know. I walk back out. Psych. Just kidding, guys. I'm totally not Kevin McCard. <laughs> this is uh, April 1st, 2463. That's a very good so this row is- opening line. Yeah, this is this is my favorite relationship. I mean, it's kind of silly, it's kind of dopey, but I love the Ro and Guinan thing. Like, because you feel like Guinan, even though she's like ancient, is always kind of a kid at heart. Mm-hmm. Well, now, what do you guys feel about like Keiko's role in this episode? Like, could they have oh, we'll get used there. a different actress or like a different character instead of Keiko? Or do you feel she really needed to be? The no, fourth? no. This is I, I, I will tell you in the next scene because I feel like this <laughs> scene will uh, set up Deep Space Nine in a way most <laughs> other scenes haven't. So, wow. I mean, so it's bigger yes. than the board. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I want you to look at Chief O'Brien in this scene when he's sitting there right. in his sofa. <laughs> uh, in their quarters here. It's coming up. But I, but I liked how Guinan was also like, I haven't been young for a very long time. And we know, I mean, that's at least 1800s or <laughs> earlier. <laughs> you know, because of who she met. Remember, Daniel? Uh, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> so Chief O'Brien right now in his quarters yeah, with yeah. his wife being shrunk to 12 years old is deciding, you know... I bet you weird stuff like this doesn't happen on far-out space stations. <laughs> I am putting in for a request as soon as this is over, and I am not going to deal with any more weird stuff. And, uh, you know, that was the end of Chief O'Brien. That's funny. I could, I could see that. He's like, he's like, you know what? If I go on a space station in the middle of nowhere, my wife's not going to turn into a, a kid or be possessed by a demon or Travel anything like time, that. Travel through time, experience a whole lifetime of jail. Life you know, will be just, so much easier for me. I, it would just be so much better. He looks so uncomfortable in that chair. Well, it's also funny because, like, you know, technically it's his fault. He's the one that beamed him out, so... I'm just saying. <laughs> well, he could have not beamed them out, and they I guess they would have been... Uh, <laughs> they would have been dead. See, you know what? The, yeah, it's are, true. When he's like, they lost 40% of mass, he didn't really seem that concerned, <laughs> considering one of those people was his wife. No, this <laughs> is... the this is the, And I, I know this is very inappropriate. I don't mean it to sound inappropriate, but, like, this the relationship between them two right now is more... Is, like, this... Okay, I can believe they're married in this scene, <laughs> but no other one. It takes the 14-year-old to be like, yeah, I can see why they're married. <laughs> I mean, this is classic Keiko Miles argument right here. I know. Miles. <laughs> and uh. so my, my Deep Space Nine uh, memory is a little bit scratchy <laughs> at this point, but I would have loved for them to have referenced this at one point. Like, one of the times they were arguing and, and you know, O'Brien would have been like, do you remember when you turned into a kid? That was hard <laughs> for me to deal with. <laughs> well, I did just watch when... Um, uh, was it Sean? When, the, when their second child was born. He's like, I didn't get to see the first one being born. Yeah, yep. That's a disaster reference, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's true. Another rope, rope episode. Oh, oh, full, full first, middle, last name. Oh. <laughs> but what about the children? Will someone please think about the children? It's amazing that they, that's the same actress that we get in. In all of Deep Space Nine, I'm pretty sure, as well. Yeah, no, it is, yeah. And, like, I saw a recent picture, well, no, it was recent, but, yeah, recent-ish picture of her. Um, of course, she's, like, mid-20s right now, or probably older than that, maybe. Yeah, I uh. feel like, to, to your point, Darren, the question that you asked earlier, I think that maybe they gave this storyline to Keiko um, to get the audience more familiar with Keiko and O'Brien. Since oh, at this point they probably because they, you know, they, well, they knew she was going to be they certainly going. knew they were going to do space nine yeah oh so. that's true that's a good point You're like I wonder how their marriage ends up oh well <laughs> oh man will they have another kid what's going to happen boy I'm glad to know that uh, you know block on wires toy survived into the 24th century but you know. <laughs> 
No future holograms for this kid. She's going to be raised in a traditional fashion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, and then, of course, you have to have your contractual I have hair scene. I have hair, but I can't fit into my Darmok jacket scene. But he still looks cool. You always look cool in your Darmok jacket. <laughs> it's like a leather jacket and a t-shirt is how he's wearing it. Like, I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to be the captain anymore, but I'm keeping the jacket. I actually really like this scene. Um, I feel like it's it is Troy really counseling, doing her job really, really well, and like suggesting, hey, maybe you can do this, maybe you can do that, maybe there are uh, interests that you can look into. She's also it's it's actually yeah, (laughs) guidance counselor. (laughs) It's true. She just like puts forward these pamphlets. Have you thought about your career path? Oh. I mean, you could go to Starfleet Academy. You could go to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she does sort of hold so, up the mirror to him. So in in this moment here, Picard says, he's. I guess he's like 13, 14 at this time. Mm-hmm. And he says that maybe in another 10 or 15 years, he could get another command. I think he would still be older than uh, Newkirk <laughs> in, uh, in Star Trek 2009, so... That would be a spinoff. You get to see the genre. It wouldn't be a prequel. You could still see Picard grow up, but it'd be in the twenty fourth century. It's a reboot. Reboot. Would would he be stabbed by um, a double boot by the Dom Jot? Well, that, that's, that's true. <laughs> Instead does, of the, does, this, does this kid have like a small battery in his heart now? Because the, the heart also <laughs> become young, or he went he, he went from a like from a D battery to a watch battery. <laughs> Like a 1073, is that what's in there right now? That actually, I feel like that actually would be, if you really want to nitpick, like, what happened to the heart? Doesn't he have a real heart now? And where did the machinery go? And Well, it didn't It didn't go back in time, so he never, he wouldn't have had a heart. They just... He just de-aged. It would have just been, yeah, that's true. It would have been a big heart, though. I don't know. It must be, like, pressing on his lungs and stuff. <laughs> It's always the plants. It's like when the episode clues, it's the plants again. I tell you, plants are the canary in the coal mine in the next generation. <laughs> Pretty much. At least this time, you know. Let's look out a window and tell if we're going to warp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Silly suggestion, Riker. Of course that's not going to work with people. Ah. And if only we like, if only we could like really delve deep into the Doctor Crusher character at some point here yeah. on our but, Oh, we will be. Yeah, we will. Yeah, be. I think. I mean, we're planning episode two hundred, right? Look at that. We oh, haven't seen those, get all this those, great fan those, mail, guys. Those, Thanks those so much. Those workman uniforms. <laughs> yeah, in forever. The like, since season two or something like that. You know, like not since like the neutral zone or something. Gaina, don't you have a bar to run? Oh, yeah, that's right. She can't serve anymore. She's not old enough. Okay. You can serve Synthahall at any age in the future, Philip. Oh. Are the, are, are the alcohol license um, laws somewhat different in the future, Daniel? <laughs> They're somewhat different in the future. <laughs> the, alcohol, the, ec- the economics of alcohol are somewhat different in the future. She's so calm in her demeanor, too. It's just like... So whose quarters are those? Rose or Guinan's? <laughs> I assume they're Rose, but I'm not sure. Yeah, because Guinan's have 58 million candles, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so how many people feel that way about about their childhood? That it was a long, depressing period of their life that they were happy when it was over? Do you feel that way about childhood? 
No, I had lots of toys. I was happy. I mean, there were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures and Transformers and Constructs. I had Star Trek, so I had a good childhood. Yeah, that's no, right. I don't feel that way, but I know a lot of people that do, so I, I get where people can relate to that. Well, there's that whole thing, you know, the like when you're a kid, you want to be a grown-up, you know, so you're of like... Of course. Grass is always greener syndrome. That's right. <laughs> do, they, do they have a cure for that yet, or...? Uh, no, not a, no, not yet. <laughs> oh, oh, Ro is such a cute. She's adorable. Is it a little like half smile? Like, no, I'm not having fun. <laughs> Michelle Forbes obviously only had to show up for one day on set for this episode because <laughs> she was only in the beginning, but. This always, I always find the in TNG, though in, in other 24th century, like the beds all rarely make sense to me. Yeah. Like sometimes there's sheets, sometimes there's not. But but just take a look at O'Brien again in this scene. He's he is all out of, of <laughs> he's, he's trans- all out of crap to give at this point. He's just like, guys, I gotta get off this ship. I'm just I need to go somewhere else. Did you see what happened to my wife? <laughs> Look, we're still technically newlyweds. I mean, really. <laughs> please, please, send me somewhere else. <laughs> no, everyone should just head back back to their quarters. No, sir, no, please, <laughs> Anywhere don't. Anywhere but that. <laughs> Does anyone want to go, um, uh, did, did I show anyone else my spider? No, why is everyone leaving? <laughs> anyone want to play Parisi Square? <laughs> please. I hear Starboard side sucks. <laughs> Oh, it's Ensign Ensign Random Face. (laughs) Classic Riker. Like, personal space commander, personal (laughs) space. Oh, Data is used to this by now. Let's not be... like is, is, he, is, is, is he like like an umpire in baseball like when Riker leaves does he have like a little like brush that he brings out and brushes his uh like home plate <laughs> oh no not the birds of prey that's like the Enterprise's kryptonite uh, see one generations yeah. I, forget I like how he has guess... to turn off his his telescope or er, microscope and shut his book he just has to that makes sense <laughs> Look, that's, that's considered kid battle stations. <laughs> yeah, two kid battle stations. Close book. Put toys away. Yeah. I couldn't possibly leave with this thing on. <laughs> I mean, we're going into battle. Yeah, so this this scene right here, I think, is probably yeah. people's biggest problem. The fact that yes. we lose to two... The, the Enterprise, the flagship of the fleet, loses to two... Stolen birds of prey, you know, helmed by Ferengi, and then they take over the entire ship in about five minutes. Yeah. Which I had actually forgotten that there were two birds of prey. I thought it was just one, so I feel a little (laughs) bit better, but still not very much. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, if two birds of prey take you out, a warbird's pretty much going to blow you up in a second. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, took out auxiliary power. You know how hard that is to get back on. I mean that's like that's like three rice do- dice rolls. Transporters signatures in three cargo bays. Data says, and yet at the end of the episode, there's only six Ferengi. <laughs> so two per cargo bay, <laughs> I guess. But then they show up on the bridge, don't they? Uh, now, aren't there like a thousand people <laughs> on this ship? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Here we go. Not only that, but Ferengi can dodge phaser fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Worf missed? I mean, seriously. Like, yeah. they were beaming. I mean, there was time. You had the high ground. You literally have, like, the best view. Uh, well, what did he hit? He doesn't even have a combat, John. No, Riker has a combat, John. No, no, no. I think I'm, like, a second ahead of you. But yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... So able-bodied, meaning like old man Pearson's not getting beamed down. <laughs> 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 
Livingston stays where he is. <laughs> well, I thought that- that's their biggest flaw. <laughs> I mean, he shows up on the computer later. Actually, 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 doesn't the Ferengi try to mess with Livingston, and that starts the downfall? Oh, that's true. <laughs> he does like to, he taps on the glass, and you know you're not supposed to tap on the glass. Okay, everybody in the center of the room. But actually, now that you mentioned that, Taryn, now I'm going to watch this episode completely differently. Because are you saying <laughs> Livingston is secretly the computer? Well, wasn't it a lionfish? I should it have to look. It's. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. Oh, no, that's, it, no. See, that's his Section 31 training kicking in. It wasn't a lionfish. I think it was like one of those really long Hawaiian name fish. Oh. Like, oh, yeah, like the Kuahula Hala. Yeah. The, the Kamehameha exactly. fish? Now that you've, you know, just insulted our 50th state. Butchered uh, state, yeah. yeah. But we still got Look the other this. 49 Look. listening. TNG in a, in a nutshell. Three red shirts, two gold shirts, and one lonely blue shirt. <laughs> I think they just offered so wait, him so, up. So Riker just said that he's the captain. So apparently they don't know our rank system because they would like, you know, it's not like he doesn't have three pips right there on his well, neck. Well, they obviously don't oh. know our rank system because the guy with four pips, they keep throwing around. and <laughs> I'm We sure don't know be- their rank system, Darren. That's true. Now I'm, now I'm going to stare at the Ferengi and see if I can figure it out. Because don't they usually have, like, like a makeup or a tattoo or something? Or... <laughs> all, right, all right, kids in 80s clothes, you all just look cool in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> you, and then when you're done, you can go on to the uh, Saved by the Bell set and uh, do what you have to do there. <laughs> just make sure one of them doesn't drop their teddy bear in the confusion. <laughs> Oh, it's the periodic chart. Now, now, now I have to when stare at that thing. When I wake up in the morning and I'm on the Enterprise <laughs> and the Fringy are taking over. Oh, that background does look like Safe by the Bell opening credits. <laughs> <laughs> it does, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's young Picard as right, Zach I'm Morris. By the road. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm with Guinan for a second. Like, um, I don't know if we're going to retake the ship with a bunch of kids. But I don't know. So, yeah, this, so this is basically um, Starship Mine Jr., I believe. This is what this <laughs> is. I do like how they have to use Siri here, and they don't really know how. Oh, that's the next scene, I guess. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's good to be the king. <laughs> The last time the the Ferengi were ever used in a threatening way. <laughs> Pretty much. You know what? I, I I like I enjoy the Ferengi so much in this episode. I think they should be a reoccurring character. I mean, there you go, Philip. Look at his neck. He's got some sort of symbol there. That's yeah, there's, gotta be well, there's a little tattoo on his forehead. Himself. Yeah, and the forehead too. <laughs> One of his forehead lumps. Daniel, That's how much money he's worth. Daniel, his eyes are down here. Okay. okay so Riker got the ship taken over by Ferengi under his command is 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 this why they don't he never really gets a ship until after Nemesis (laughs) because he loses this one it's a black mark on his career that's why he stopped getting offers like you never hear any more offers after this do you (laughs) that's true I mean, you you defeated the Borg, but the Ferengi beat you, so we're going to call it even. Oh, man, that's rough. That's a tough record. Although, I mean, you know, you beat the Borg, that's pretty impressive, but the Ferengi? Yeah, that's... And he was the one stuck behind dealing with the the Packleds for a while as well, too, so... I mean, the Ferengi are like a 12th seed at best. I mean, they probably got in on a wild card or something, but still, I mean... Yeah, he's going to give you access. No problem. Oh, there it is. Hey, Siri, what does the Enterprise look like? (laughs) There's an app for that. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to know we still have kid control on the computers in the future. But we haven't really improved like computer voicing because like it's very robotic and blah. Mm-hmm. 
Although I like this internal diagram because it yeah. actually... Do you know how to spell Enterprise, Daniel? E-N... <laughs> <laughs> no bloody A, B, C, or... Right. I like how, you know, he's like, oh, this must be a service conduit. Actually, it's an air vent, and it's like a millimeter wide, so <laughs> tough. You're actually not going to be able to crawl through that. <laughs> so if we look at the actual... Enterprise blueprints. Is Classroom 7 going to be on the top left part of the saucer section? To the blueprint! <laughs> also, like how there's a main Jeffries tube into a classroom. It's like, really? You don't think any of the kids yeah, would just yeah. like one day during class <laughs> no, when the no, teacher no, no. walks they out? Said, they, said this was, they said this was a junction into the main. Oh my god, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I would just think, like, you know, there'd be some class where like the teacher's like, oh, I'll be right back. And kids are like, escape hatch! <laughs> boy look at that really advanced uh remote control car there well we predict really, uh, darren we, star trek predicts the future so i think you'll be seeing a radio controlled four, four, no, it's gonna, i'm pretty sure it's gonna be like like the library of alexandria where some big fire, like in 1997, took out all the RC cars, and they had to just start over again. So, really, that's that's the only thing I can think of that explains it. Oh, what language are those letters? No, I'm really. Yeah, I was just wondering that. They, Half of they, them are Klingon swear Philip, words. Philip, we've already really answered sad. that question. They are Stay saved by, by the, the Bell, bell. Scribbles. <laughs> <laughs> there's the, there's the E. So, I mean, that's one of the letters. So, but seriously, 400 years from now, anything that sized would be able to take out the Enterprise completely. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my favorite camera angle. <laughs> Ooh, that's not a very Star Trek. This is, this is sort of just like we know what we're doing with this episode and we're having fun. I actually think this is a, a pretty clever plan, though, like – yeah, to 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 beam all of them into the transporter room, but then put up a force field because it would make sense. That, naturally, makes sense that there's a force field right. there, and then I mean, I guess you could beam them into the brig, but this is basically the same thing, so, right? Though I have to say, this is as tactical as I've ever seen Keiko. <laughs> <laughs> so so wait. at the end, she wants to start training with the uh, warp security force. I think she also tries so to I'll take put- the, the bridge officers test, but she can't. <laughs> She can't order Jordy to his no. death. <laughs> so I'll plant my kale here, and then what'll happen then? <laughs> uh, of course, it's also as tactical as Gunnan. Well, until unless when she shot the rifle in ten forward. Yeah. So okay. Uh, so this Ferengi is <laughs> so easily distracted. Dumber as a prank. <laughs> <laughs> doing, doing. <laughs> So what I want, you know it's, it's are nerds and, and I know I'm one too, but like tell me what molecule that is. I seriously want someone to be like, oh, that's obviously That's uh, that's uh, Trillium D. <laughs> I like that it's, kids uh, just have access to trilithium. <laughs> kids just have access to drugs. It's a it's a different world in the twenty fourth century. No behind the counter. Unobtainium, here. I believe is what it's called. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I think yeah. Any any takeover of the ship episode is good. I don't. Is there a bad takeover of the ship episode in all of Star Trek? I mean, it's just always fun. I think. No, I don't think so. Yeah, you're right though. It does have flavors of disaster where like you separate into different teams and you each have yeah, to it's do very your Mission Impossible esque. Yeah, I think Ro was doing a great job of commanding Beta Team. <laughs> Well, we all know Guinan's actually commanding Beta Team. She's just letting Ro think she's commanding Beta Team. Hey, guys, tell me when we get to the now, 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 now. Okay. We are about to. All right. I've been having a little bit of sync issue, but... So this is a great scene, right, where uh, Picard throws a temper tantrum. Yeah, which I think is just such a great thing for you know the the struggle for Jean Luc of not liking children and how he views children. So this like this is how he views children, how they act. And like he's a twelve year old. Twelve year olds don't act like this. This is like a yeah, seven year old. Or... But uh, you know, in defense of this episode, if even if I was holding 
kids ransom and they started flipping out like that, I would be like, please, anything. I'll do anything for you to stop screaming. <laughs> I will bring you to your parent. I don't yeah. care. Just stop. Oh, this is also one of my favorite. These are like, this is the classic <laughs> Riker moment of Riker, like, enjoying someone else just making a fool of themselves. Yeah. But again, this is this is also good Picard Riker. They just read each other's minds yeah. and, you know. Yes, son. Uh, yeah, dad. <laughs> this isn't awkward at all. You dress your son as a captain? <laughs> 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 well, it's, uh, it's his mother's idea, really. <laughs> is that like... Who is the mother? <laughs> <laughs> Does he have to like, make an awkward look at Deanna when he isn't crossing the bridge? <laughs> Where is Deanna? She's like practically not in this episode now. Well, she, like... she already counseled the card, so, you know. Oh, Here we go. Yeah, I think she, I think she, big hugs. She got <laughs> big smiles, big hugs, guys. Well, I mean, you know, you gotta have big hugs because otherwise that would totally give away, you know, Game. you know, number one. I mean, it's about to unravel, guys. It's unraveling right now. <laughs> our entire scheme. He's gonna figure it out. Now, you know, this reminds oh, me is. that I don't know if it's it's not really coming up, but it's coming up soon. But like the Riker Ferengi episode or moment also reminds me of when a uh, Kirk invents Fizbin. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, it does have a lot of. I just watched a Deep Space Nine episode where Quark wanted to play Fizbin with Odo. <laughs> Ooh, this fish will be so. Wild. I know. <laughs> Livingston's like sending reports in the background. You can see. She's like, note to section thirty-one: invade Franganar, <laughs> kill all who are there, avenge, avenge. Or no, or no, no. It's uh, uh, alter Franganar weather patterns to only rain. <laughs> I do love though that in this scene, like Frakes is—he's uh, a giant of a man. Yeah, and, like, he is. He's, he, compared to these actors, they got to play the Ferengi. He literally could easily just knock them both out. He's just be like, <laughs> boom, spam. <laughs> well, no, you know this this Damon is interesting because I, you know, if if this was the first time we would, oh, I love Riker playing acting here but like um like if we had seen the frank for the first time here because they come across very evil and and very like he's like i'll kill the children i'll you know make all your people slaves we this would be like maybe these these are interesting villains but like we've already seen them at this point so it's like eh, nice last effort but yeah no i love riker right because i mean it's it's not frakes acting it's riker acting here and just like oh please don't kill my son oh well yeah, <laughs> yeah. just um, and he, don't he, he totally walked over that chair oh boy and also this, for anyone this... whoever criticizes tng techno babble eat your heart out <laughs> oh man this scene this is, is going to is... be so much better with uh closed captioning <laughs> i can't wait now daniel is this how you sound like look at the fish at least one more time to anyone you work with yes this is this is exactly what i do i i just confuse <laughs> them with lots of words they don't understand uh and then fix the problem so <laughs> have your tried turning it well, on and off <laughs> 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 oh, Fear of Mactal oh, Drive. Babble. Well, you know what? If you replace this Ferengi with Quark, mm. I would buy it. <laughs> Which Ferengi? The one who's who's learning, or the one who's the Daemon? No, the one who's learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who is yeah. like? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> what does this mean? I don't know. Although the one problem I have with that scene is. How is Riker supposed to know what buttons he's pushing without actually looking? Well, he fooled that Ferengi. He's secretly right-handed. <laughs> I am not right-handed. <laughs> no, he's like, he's accidentally pushing the wrong button. It's like, shoots like a torpedo out. And they're like, what is going on? So that RC car that doesn't make any got sense, into by the, the transport like, four feet to the right. It's not like the com badge touched the Ferengi. It's the opposite side of the RC car hit the Ferengi, then drove away. Then the Ferengi beamed. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'll go with it. 
I do like this. I think this is cute. <laughs> Let's. At least it beamed the remote controlled car and the Ferengi. Yeah. If it was just the Ferengi, then I'd just throw up my hands and be like, "Is it even trying?" I, and I love the camera angles in this episode because obviously they're going lower to have that kid perspective. But it's 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 cool the way they do it a lot. I when I was a kid, look, I used to love that noise, and I wanted them. I wanted to be able to recreate that noise that like when you would tap your com badge. Mm-hmm. And it happens oh. so much in this episode. The, like it. the the chirp. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I can't make it, but I like how they turn and they're like, "Oh, I guess Ugh. we should get our phaser up." Oh, way way too late. So you, you know, okay. you know the reason this failed, Daniel. There's no Ferengi blue shirts. <laughs> oh man just click yes on the user agreement Ferengi Riker oh. foo you're in my chair <laughs> this is the Air Force One of Picard before yeah. there was Air Force really One is. <laughs> Get off my spaceship. <laughs> Huzzah. Yeah, this would have been an interesting movie to shoot just because of all the weird heights you'd have to do from the kids to the Frangi to Riker. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I know we just saw it, but yeah, I think Riker learned under Kirk. On, like, the two-fisted back blow. You know, that's a Kirk-patented move. Body blow. Body blow. Body blow. <laughs> Doesn't help for them to do the Technobabble now that now that they already killed all the Technobabble. Yeah. I like how they will put... It, him- will it work? That's all I want to know. I like how they put him back in giant <laughs> regular Picard's <laughs> uniform. So <laughs> It's all like... Like tears, this horrible tearing sound, and they're just like, uh, yeah. Because they have the guy, one guy in writing staff is always like, it doesn't make sense. The Incredible Hulk always has the ripped clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked it up. This episode is like three episodes before uh, Chain of Command, mm-hmm. which is you know the ending it was right before uh, Deep Space Nine started. So really, I I, I contribute this episode to. Hey, um, by the way, O'Brien, we have uh, an opening, and we would love for you to come on down. And uh, boy, you go believe the stuff I've seen on this <laughs> ship. I really need a transfer. Do you want something getting, quiet on the corner of the universe that nothing bad will ever happen? Come on down. I mean, there's no there's no strange space phenomenon near there. <laughs> yep. It's pretty much just you know, it's orbiting this nice planet. Yep. Yep. Well, well, I think nice and easy. Th- the funny thing about this episode, like, like if you ever met Michelle Forbes, you'd be like, man, I loved in Rascals what they did with your character. She's probably like, I don't really remember that episode. I was I was basically <laughs> not in this episode. I, I was, there was like, what, half a day of work for this? I don't really. Well, this would have been a good, like, Michelle Forbes needs to take a break to, like, shoot something else episode because she's literally not in it. <laughs> or any of these actors. Well, I mean, oh, we've got Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, I know, because that's really the hard one to get. That's true. But, yeah, aw. Ro is adorable. Yeah, baby Ro. <laughs> <laughs> He's my favorite. And this is a great ending scene. This is really a heartwarming scene because it's like, you oh, know what? Yeah. Im- like, imagine, like, you had the time to kind of relive this moment and you could do it everybody would so Come i'll on. assume that like those two pictures is not what she drew with a crayon <laughs> it's a little fancy she did say she drew all of them she did say she that she drew all of them wow all right and i don't know i mean i'm surprised none of them were like you know what i'm just gonna take the long way around i'm gonna ace starfleet academy i'm gonna be the youngest captain ever <laughs> But no, they just had to get back to the status quo by the end. Reset button. Who would do that? <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> I, I okay. So, guy, let's let's just do a quick a recap, guys. Um, Previously on Rascals, uh, we, we've we, <laughs> we've talked enough about how much we love this. But Darren, anything that you didn't that we didn't get to talk about that you want to mention, or or just you know your kind of closing thoughts on the episode. No, it's 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 a real fun episode. It was really interesting to look at the 
I'd never really thought too much about the choice of the four characters to go through it, but I really like your explanation of Keiko and obviously, you know, uh, the dynamic in between Roe and Guinan really necessitates, you know, Guinan being there and Picard because it's like, Oh, of all the people to turn into a child, like that would be the most fun. Uh, and so it was good. And just, it's a, you know, it's a fast episode, you know, like the Ferengi take over real fast and then they lose it real fast. But, but it's fun. It's, I, I really can't think of anyone who doesn't like rascals or at least, you know, won't enjoy just like watching it a little bit. Um, you know, f- through, you know, it's small flaws here or there, but overall it's a really solid episode. That's a lot of fun to watch. Philip, how do you feel? Well, I mean, to me, it's almost like a surprising character episode, um, which I know this is season six. So obviously we're, we're very mature at this point in our TNG storytelling, but like, I mean, all those, all the people who get, you know, baby shrunk, I mean, all get those moments. Like even baby Keiko, <laughs> like Keiko, you get like, the relationship between her and Miles, you get that showcased. I mean, Guinan and Roe. I mean, even uh, apart from Roe, you get Guinan about what she thinks about being a child, and you get all of Roe's story. And then even Picard, him wrestling with being a captain, not being a captain, what else he would do with his life. I mean, it's, so it's all this surprising, not just like you have all the great one-liners and the laughs and all that, but you actually do have these surprising character moments where all these four characters get the spotlight on them. Like, what would you do if you were a child? So... Although I do have, have one bad thing to say, and it's not this episode specifically, it's it's Netflix, because I'm reading the synopsis, and I swear, Netflix has such a bad time with Trek synopsises. It's like literally someone watched the first four minutes of every episode and wrote it. This is the, okay, Rascals, returning to the Enterprise with three others from the planet uh, Meloria, Captain Picard's shuttle is dis- disintegrated by an energy field. <laughs> that that's that's it i'm like that Wait, literally he died? Has almost nothing to do with to the this episode well, someone i mean I, it's two sentences i would have put something like after a strange energy field strikes their shuttles four members of the enterprise crew are reduced to 12 year olds as they I, this becomes fortuitous as they try to take back the ship from ferengi or something like that i don't know it's just it still sounds a little four minute thing <laughs> okay okay yeah i mean i agree with you guys it's just like it's it's just a fun episode and you know tng is has always been kind of it's in this weird place where it's like carrying on the star trek t- tradition and then also kind of leading the franchise into the future so it's like sometimes we get these one-off things and and it also deals with I mean there there is a lot of elements in the episode surprisingly that deal with kind of the overall thread of TNG like the Ferengi mentions that he's going to sell the Enterprise off to the Romulans um, which if we remember back in season 3 or season 4 if I remember um, they would love to bring the Enterprise onto Romulus and and display its fiery oh. husk in the capital. <laughs> display its broken hole in the center of our capital. <laughs> you know. uh, so, you know, so it, it is, you know, when we get these things. Wouldn't that block out the sun a lot? Because that's a really big ship. I just want to point that out. <laughs> it is, and it's like, I, I like this. I li- it, this is the, tr- this is like the mid-season six is a big transition into Deep Space Nine. So I see a lot of elements that are going to be used in Deep Space Nine. Like I said, like the whole, jokingly mostly, but the whole uh, O'Brien family relationship and the Ferengi kind of situation as well. Um, it really does feel like they're ramping up to something and which we get to see in Deep Space Nine as well. But it's but it is a standalone TNG episode, and that's what's amazing about it. It's like you can watch this and not know any of that context, and you're going to have fun. Um, but it's, if that's you, true. It's very contained. It's yeah. very like it, it's it's not like oh well, this totally reveals something about you know Picard that you wouldn't have known. Yeah. Of all the characters, right? Like if you know the Picard character, or if you know the Guinan character, like you get more out of it. But even then, if you don't, you're going to have fun. It's still fun. You're st- it's still an enjoyable kind of romp. So, You were a bed jumper, weren't you, Daniel? <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Whee! <laughs> 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 
But anyways. I see your bed right there, right behind you. Don't don't be shy. <laughs> well, bed jumping is not the only thing we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. So here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. I have been pushing this since I saw mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Into Darkness. And I saw Into Darkness like a week before it came out in the U.S. So I've been pushing it for a long freaking time. And the idea, of course, is to do it. Captain ex- Worf. Yeah, oh, Captain wait, no. <laughs> that's not it. Earl Grey. Yeah, really, she's following the Hasperat, I think, is really what it is. <laughs> Come for the revolution, stay for the Hasperat. It's got to be fresh Hasperat. None of that replicated stuff. Like, Daniel's, like, at the watching the end of this episode, like, tears are coming down the face. It's like, no, oh, it's the Hasperat. It's so spicy. It's what it is. <laughs> the Orb. Also, the original title of this episode was A Matter of Breeding, which, when we talk about things feeling TNG-ish, that could have been a Riker episode. <laughs> the Ready Room. It's about people and feelings and emotions. It's about philosophy. It's about the future. It's about hope. It's about glory. It's about intellectual promise. That's what Axnar is about. It is not a story about pew pew pew. I promise you that. To the journey! I do have one honorable mention. Name it. Prox! <laughs> How could we not have a top five season five moments without Prax? Warp five. It kind of like is akin to um, when fans saw the Galaxy class in the Next Generation for the very first time, and you had a, basically a crew and civilian compliment of what over a thousand people. About two thirds of that compliment were civilians and their families. So you d- actually did have teachers and scholars and scientists and their extended families on board commentary trek stars but you would never pick up on that based on the way that it plays out aside from the fact that they explicitly tell you in the dialogue you know (laughs) the 602 club it is what it is i mean tom cruise is who he is but at at the end of the day he delivered this fantastic movie and so did all the other new characters literary treks you know, um, you had the great Enterprise book, The Good That Men Do. And this is The Good That Men Don't Do. And, uh, you know, Edmund Burke is is famous for, for saying that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Axanar, the official podcast. It is the spirit of TOS that matters that's being captured, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the aesthetic. The aesthetic was 1966 to 1969 that had its moment, it had its time, and there's a certain amount of charm still to that, but it doesn't allow you to push the narrative forward because that type of aesthetic holds creativity back, in my opinion. Women at Warp. Keiko could totally beat the crap out of Rumpelstiltskin. This is so, like, I cannot buy this at all. That she's just sitting there being like, oh, my baby. At the very least, she could throw a plant at him or something. (laughs) Because we established in TNG that pot foo is a thing. (laughs) And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trek.fm or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. 
Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today. All right, Philip, if people want to talk to you about transferring to, you know, maybe maybe a quieter place in the Federation, maybe some remote place that will never be heard of again, you know, uh, where would they get a hold of you? Look, I'm just saying, I don't think the orb comes up with these stupid hashtags. Um, so I, you can reach me um, on Twitter um, at NC Public Servant. That's NC for North Carolina. And Darren, if if people wanted to get the schematics for um, your daughter's, uh, what did you call them, storm, stormtrooper jammas? How would they, how oh, would yeah. they do that? Oh, uh, they can. Ask me all about it on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And does anyone ever say that she's kind of short to be a stormtrooper? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I've never heard that one before, fellow. <laughs> and if people wanted to talk to me about how awesome Rose Headband is, hashtag Rose Headband, <laughs> uh, they can find me on Twitter as well. Uh, I am at 1UpDan. That is the number one, not the word. Now, is that your ranking of, like, your TNG characters? Like, one row, two rows headband, three Picard, four data? <laughs> is that? <laughs> something like that. Something like that. All right, guys. Well, I am going to go feed my lionfish. <laughs> so I will check you out on the next episode of Rogue Ray. Engage. You're my number one dad. Now, now, now. Fire. Fire.